You're listening to the Trinity Ministries podcast. For more information and to support our ministry, go to www.trinityhudson.org. We are right now actually week two in a series that we've entitled Unleashed, and I'm actually, I'm, I'm really pumped about this, this series because I, I mentioned this last week. All of us, and all of you know, personally, all of you know that when you have something that's in your life that, that is leashing you, it could be your past, it could be dead, it could be a relational breakdown that holds you back, you're not able to move forward, you're not able to feel uh, alive in life. And last week we talked about a word that was just an amazing word, and the word was peace, remember that? But it wasn't just peace in that, you know, this nice feeling, it was a shalom peace, it was the, the whole, uh, the, the bigger picture of wholeness that you and I feel when we are unleashed to follow God and to do whatever, um, to, to be all that God would have us to be. So that happens on a personal level, but it also happens on a church level. I mean, there are events in our past as a church, some regrets we've had as leadership, uh, some financial things that have happened, some debts that we've had and that are, are currently happening that we have, that we're being very diligent about releasing to unleash so that we can be good stewards of our own personal finances, but also as a church, our corporate finances that God has uh, allowed us to use to further his kingdom. So again, the series is focused on unleashing things in your life that hold you back and also some of the financial debt that we as a church need to address. And in our conversation, um, it's about the financial piece, the church piece, the financial piece there, the debt there, it isn't as if we're having this conversation because we're sinking. It, not at all. In fact, the diligence of our leadership teams over the last couple of years of really being focused, cutting expenses, and, and really uh, hammering out the debt that we have has been, to me, going, I'm going, oh my goodness, from where we are to where we are right now, or where we were to where we are right now, is an amazing, amazing, kind of a God thing when you look at the whole picture of our finances. So we want to be in a conversation to talk about not paying interest to a bank, but having those funds go into our ministry so that we can move forward. So as we're going through this series, it's kind of a a dual brain kind of thing uh, where we're talking about our own personal being unleashed personally, but also as a congregation, as a church, being unleashed to do more and more ministry in our area. If you came in today and you received the bulletin, we're, each week we're having these prayer cards, and uh, last week it was kind of fun. We posted a couple pictures of people taking the, these prayer cards and putting them uh, by your computer, in your car, uh, we mentioned in your bathroom, and I don't even want a picture of that. Um, but uh, each week we're doing that. This is week two, and what we're calling people to do is at 12.01 p.m., so noon plus one minute, for Hebrews 12.1, uh, we're asking you to pray the prayer that's on this card about being unleashed in your life or being unleashed in the church because of uh, when we talk about the financial debt. We're going to get more into the financial piece of, of our church uh, later on in the series, um, but there's one thing that, that I want to invite you to also is we're having church conversations over the month of May as to okay, what are we talking about with this debt? Why are we reducing the debt? Next week uh, at our downtown campus at 10 o'clock, we're going to have a church conversation, which is just an open forum. Our team is going to be there. We're going to be taking questions and filling you in on, okay, so we're talking about debt. Where The biggest question is, where do we get this debt from? 
Uh, and I know many of you received the packet in the mail that, that explains it, but this is kind of the, the conversation that happens. Uh, Wednesday the 18th, we're going to have a, a, an evening forum at 6 o'clock. Then the next, on the 22nd, the next two Sundays at both of our campuses, after both services, we're going to have an opportunity for you to just come and hear a little bit more and then also ask questions about what this all really means. Our big celebration, we're going to be taking pledges and, and we're going to be praying about what does God want us to do as a family, individually, and as a church, and we're going to be receiving um, pledges, commitment cards on the 5th as a, a celebration. Um, so very, very uh, fantastic uh, series because, again, it's not only talking about us personally, but it's talking about the church that you love and how much God can, has done in the past and what he can do through us in the future. So, again, diving into our series. Again, if you remember last week, we did talk about that word peace being unleashed in your life leads you to the kind of peace that all of us want, uh, but today we're specifically talking more and more about this word, our favorite word, debt. <laughs> Raise your hand if you love debt. Good. No hands go up. Why is that? We don't love debt. It's, it's actually the title of today's message for two reasons, because I want you to ask yourself the question, do you love debt? Secondly, is there a debt that God tells us that we should love? Those are the two questions that we're processing today as we're in our series. Now, at a, at a core principle, I don't know anyone who loves financial debt. Zero. I don't know anybody who loves it. I don't think anyone says, I want to get into so much debt that I am just over-obligated. I can't pay my bills. I can't do anything else in life. Woohoo! But most of us... You know, especially, think about your life. You, you go through college, and, and after college, you're starting a family. You come out usually with a debt load there, and um, many of us haven't grasped the idea of what debt does, the reality of what debt can actually have on your life and stops what debt can do in terms of stopping you from moving forward. My parents were awesome. They did a lot of things right. The one area that they never... You know, my parents would say, that's a lie. We talk to you about it all the time. But from my perspective, my parents never talked about money with myself. Kelly's dad died when she was 14, 15, that transition year. And so her mom was just so focused on just survival. So she never personally learned about money management and all those things that now I'm I'm passionate about and that I love. Um, So when we got married, uh, we were first married, we, we... had to buy furniture for our first apartment. So we went down to Sears, and what did we do? Put it on credit, right? We bought, got the loan. We got all these things that we needed and put it on credit, bought a, and had all these, all these credits. I bought an electric piano with a Tascam four-track recorder. Why did I do that? Because I told Kelly at 22 years old that I was going to write songs and sell them. And my first song was going to pay off the, you know, the, the price tag of $3,700 for a piano today you can buy for 100 bucks new. So we went in to buy it, and you know, we did what all of you did. We didn't look at the debt. We looked at what? You've been there. <laughs> the monthly payments. Can we afford the month? Forget about this mountain over here. Can we afford the monthly payments? And the best part was it was six months, same as cash, no interest. 
well, we didn't pay it off in six months, and the 30% interest rate then hit us. Then all the bills were starting to pile. You've been there. You know this. All the bills are piling in, so I decided I, did, I would deliver pizzas on the side, not for more money for spending, but more money for surviving. And when you're in debt, normally, you know, we're not too excited about it personally, because when you have that kind of financial debt, it's on your mind constantly, monthly, daily even. It's something that you carry with you. And economists tells a, tell us that there are the, there's this thing called good debt versus bad debt. Let me dive in financially. Let me dive into this just real quickly. Prior to the Great Recession, many finan- recent Great Recession, many financial experts differentiated debt between good debt and bad debt. Many of you have heard this term. There's good debt and there's bad debt. Good debt would be the debts that you go into debt to buy something that would be considered an asset, which means it adds value, it doesn't take away value. Your house would be considered a good debt because, in theory, the housing market would continue to go up and you would appreciate in value and it would accumulate value. Bad debt would be those things like consumer loans. My piano is a bad, not, not, not a stupid debt, it's that too, but it was, it was a bad debt because you just pay it and then immediately the value decreases when, when I brought it home by 50%. It doesn't add anything to your life. That would be considered a bad, bad debt. Um, David Bach, who's the author of Finish Rich, uh, which is a book series, he said this though, good debt and bad debt is almost a myth that we've been sold for 20 years. Bach says there's just debt. And for the most part, debt is basically bad and difficult. It comes down to the interest rate and your ability to pay. So debt now seems to fall into two other categories of just debt and worse debt. A home loan, according to Bach, is an example of just regular debt. Consumer debt, again, would be the worst debt. So why is this important for us to understand? Obviously, from your own personal financial basis, it's, it's important. In your financial world, you should do whatever you can to limit expenses and limit debt carried. I mean, that's what we're focusing on here at church. That's why we do Dave Ramsey, the Financial Peace Course, is to help people understand that concept. We're trying to limit the amount of debt that has helped us move forward in ministry as a church, but it still leashes our congregation to the past. In the Bible, um, there's... And this is so important to understand. There's a letter that Paul wrote. We're going to look at this portion of a letter. It's called Romans. And he wrote and describes your relationship with God and with others. And he uses this concept of debt and everything I just talked about in terms of debt and worse debt. But he uses it in a, flips it around, uses it in a positive way. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Romans 13. We're going to be looking at verses 8 to 10. You can look on your, your smartphone, or if you have a hard copy, uh, you can do that too. Romans 13, the beginning of Romans 13, it's an amazing book. If, if, you don't, if you're not a Christian or Christ follower, you should still read Romans because there's such practical stuff in this book that helps you in your relationship personally uh, with the God who loves you and also with other believers. Um, so Romans 13, Paul is talking about pe- talking to people. Now get this. He's talking to people about people. He's talking to them, and he says that we should love people in government. And a pregnant political pause falls over our congregation. That we should be good, responsible citizens in our community, and part of that is paying taxes. 
So then it's as if Paul was writing this, you know, typing on his, on his Mac, you know, and, and then using this metaphor of owning taxes, he transitions to, into how what someone owes is a good illustration on how we should treat others, the attitude that you and I should have to each other. So Romans, 8, uh, or Romans 13, starting at verse 8, I'm going to start with the second part of verse 8 and end with the first part of verse 8. So Romans 8, uh, the second part of verse 8 says this. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. I mean, right off the bat, Paul is giving us an overarching principle of being a follower of Christ. It's just love. Everything else is included in that love. Love is the, the, the umbrella, and then underneath that, everything else plays out in your life. And he says that in the next verse, verse 9. He says, For the commandments say, you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and such other commandments are summed up by this one commandment. What is it? Love yourself, or love your neighbor. Love yourself, yeah. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is from an Old Testament law, Leviticus. Jesus said that. Remember, he, in that conversation with the Pharisees, you know, what's the greatest command? Love, love God, love others. You know, love your neighbor as yourself. That's what Jesus says as well. And why is this so important? Verse 10, Paul goes on and says, because love does no wrong to others. So, because love does no wrong to others, it fulfills the requirements of God's law. I mean, this this part of his letter is about the importance of loving, but how he starts the whole section, the leading sentence in this whole, this whole area is what's so critical for us to understand the love debt that we have toward other people. I mean, check this out. Verse 8 is, says this, Owe nothing to anyone except your obligation to love one another. This is the debt that God wants us to have and that God wants us to hold, is this debt toward loving one another. The, the word love in this context is the agape word. This is kind of like shalom in, in, uh, for peace. It's the fullness of love. It's not shifting and changing. It's this massive word about com- unconditionally loving each other. Moms, this is why we are so appreciative for you. Because as moms, you're the perfect example of this verse. Isn't it true, moms, that no matter what your kids do, you can't help but love them? Isn't that true? I mean, your heart is just bound to them and you simply are compelled to love. You have a love debt to your kids. You're not perfect, no mom is, but you have this constant internal love for your children no matter what they say, (laughs) no matter what they do, you have this innate love debt that you feel toward your kids. I was working in a coffee shop a little while ago and uh, I'm sitting there and and I notice this mom come in and she brings her four-year-old daughter and and they're, they're, you know, chair to chair and the daughter has a muffin and uh, chocolate milk and so they're eating that and, you know, the the daughter's doing her thing and talking and nonstop. And um, so I put my earphones in, turn up the volume, you know. But they're having a good time, and I'm kind of watching, and all of a sudden, the girl goes really quiet, the little kid. And I'm like, what's going on? The mom says, what's wrong? 
before the girl could say anything, it just came, just vomit, just, but wait, wait, not just like onto the table. This was like jetpack fuel vomit, just whoa, straight at my, onto mom, just all over. And remember, she had muffins and chocolate milk. It was just, and you know, I was sitting there going, doing the Lord of the Rings, Gollum. I was just like, you know, dads, we would go, oh my God, you know, and we would kind of walk away. This mom, without a a hitch, leans into the vomit coming now at her face, grabs the kid's shoulders and just lifts her up and goes like this, as the, just, she threw herself in the, she had more, she had a love debt toward keeping her daughter clean and sacrificed her body toward it. Only a mom could do that, right? You know that, moms. You, you have that love debt. Or for you, maybe it could be this. Your young son could be testing every single strand of your patience, and you're just about ready to pull your hair out. You finally put him to bed, and you're just mad, and you're exhausted. And then from the other room, his screaming at you finally subsides. He drifts off to sleep. And you kind of sneak into his room, and you look at him, sound asleep, lit up by the, Dis- the Disney Buzz Lightyear, you know, nightlight, and he's peacefully sleeping. And what do you do? You just smile, because your heart is so full of love for him. Why? It's because you're reflecting what Paul says, that debt of love that, that he talks about in Romans. You can't help it. You owe love at that point. I've shared this story before, but it always reminds me on Mother's Day about Kelly um, and our son Nathan when he was um, about four or five, and Kelly was putting him to bed and holding Nathan and just kind of, they were sitting on the floor together, and she was rocking him, and she was just stroking his blonde hair, and oh, Nathan, you're such a, a fine young man. I love what God's doing in your heart and how he's developing you, and she's, they're just having this tender moment. I'm watching this from the door. She's having this tender moment, and and Nathan looks up at her and goes, Mom, you have bad breath. <laughs> love debt. You owe nothing to anybody except your obligation to love one another. You and I should seek that kind of love debt toward everybody, no matter who it is. We see them, no matter how mean they are to you or how divisive they are, you owe love to them. Now, Paul, what's amazing about Paul's verse here, he's not talking about liking that person. It's a different word. He's not even talking about being trampled on that person or allowing that person to walk on you. He's saying that because of what God did, what Christ did, that we exemplify that as a debt, a love debt toward others. I mean, think about you personally. Spiritually, you've racked up this huge debt called sin. I mean, so deep that you could never pay it off. Your sin is like that letter you get from the university the end of your four, five, eight years at the university, and you get that letter and it says that you can't graduate until you pay off the debt that hasn't been included in student loans. That's kind of what that sin debt is. Or it's like a lien on your house that keeps you from selling it, and it's so vast and so damaging that you could never, ever pay it off. But God loves you so much that he's the one who took on that debt for you. He stepped into your place as a loving act to pay your debt. That's why this is so important. 
owe nothing to anyone except your obligation to love one another. That's reflecting Jesus Christ. John Piper writes this, the debt of love that we have to to unbelievers and believers is not because they've done anything for us. The debt is because Christ has done everything for us when we did not deserve it any more than the world deserves our love. When Christ loves us freely, he gives his life for us. When he takes away our sin and guilt and condemnation, he guarantees for us everlasting joy in him. And all of this, when we were enemies of him, we become then debtors to all people. So when it comes right down to it, church, this is our phrase. Love is the only debt I should crave. Love is the only debt I should crave. Imagine what the world would look like if we here took that seriously. Imagine if the only debt we owed as a church that was that of love toward other people who don't know him in our community. Imagine for you what would, that would look like if you had that love toward other people and reflected that in what you do, your attitudes, what you said, what you posted on social media. Facebook would go out of business if we reflected that kind of love. Imagine what our church would look like if the only debt we had on the books today was the debt of finding new and awesome ways to love people in our community, in the world, with the love of Christ. And that's why this series is so important. That's why I'm asking you to be praying about how you can partner to unleash our financial debt. Again, we're not coming from a position of having to, but we're realizing, man, we're wasting a lot of money on bank loans and interest rates. I need you to partner, not to sit back as I've done before and go, yeah, other people will step up. I think all of us need to because it's an awesome opportunity to step into that next thing that God has for us. God's called us together at this time in this moment to consider ways to love, and it begins, again, with unleashing our debt. Now, most of you, again, like I mentioned at the beginning, receive that unleash information in the packet. And so over the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking more specifically about that and then giving you an opportunity to say, you know what, I feel God over the next 18 months is calling our family to do this so that God can do this through our ministry. So... In closing, I just ask you to live a life of owing nothing to anybody except your obligation to love one another. Read the material that comes that we sent about reducing our financial debt so that we can continue to do what we're called to do as a church. And you know what that is. It's to create environments so that the Lord can make disciples of all nations one life at a time. Just your spouse, your friend, your neighbor. That's why we do what we do. And you'll hear more about that in future weeks. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to pray. Father, we thank you for this special day, this day called Mother's Day. And I just pray for... uh, All folks, just listening to uh, me in the room here, also on the podcast, Father, that are considering how to love mom better, uh, and we just celebrate that, Father. We also, Lord, begin that process of prayer where we we think personally, what is it, God, that that is tying me down to my past? What is it that's keeping me from being 
um, the, the kind of follower of you that you would like us to be, like me to be. And then also as a church, God, I just pray that we are continually in that mode of prayer, using those prayer cards just weekly as we pray together about unleashing the finan- some of the things that are tying us um, or keeping us from doing more and more for your kingdom, Father. We just ask a blessing again on this whole series. Thank you for bringing it to us, God, at this time. And thank you, God, for the love debt that you have paid and that you continue to show us that's in Christ. We just love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.